Hey, I'm Austin and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. This week wraps up our three-week teaching series, In the Zone. This week, one of our elders, Lee White, takes us through the Great Commission and shares how much it can help us get and stay in the zone. Well, good morning. My name is Lee White, and today we are going to wrap up our series called In the Zone. I'm one of the elders here at Valley Point Church, and we've been using this whole baseball theme and in the zone to understand how we can move our relationship with Christ to that next level. And I don't care what kind of professional you are, whether you're an actor, whether you're a performer, whether you're an Olympic gymnast, or a swimmer, or even a baseball player, there are certain principles that you need to follow to keep moving into the zone. Last week, Ben gave a talk uh, about accepting Christ and some of the principles involved with that. And he gave us some good advice. And if you weren't here, I would just hope that you would listen to it, click on the web, and just understand that message. But the, the today... When I give the talk about our next step in the zone, I want you to visualize accepting Christ as like you're stepping on first base. When you touch first base, you have accepted Christ. Now, for a church to be healthy, there needs to be three groups of people coming to church. The first group is those that are seekers. They're, they're, they're looking for answers. They haven't accepted Christ. They haven't stepped on first base but they're searching. They've got questions. And if you're a guest today or if you're in that group, I just want to say a special welcome. We're so glad that you have chosen Valley Point to bring those questions to and just search. In fact, next week, Eric is going to begin a brand new series called Frequently Asked Questions. He is going to take some of the questions that you have had and present those to you with the biblical answers. But the second group that needs to be a part of this church for a healthy church is the group that has just recently accepted Christ. They have just recently stepped on first base and they are in the very beginning stages of establishing their relationship with Christ and what takes place. The third group for a healthy church to be healthy needs to be mature Christians, people that accepted Christ years ago that are continuing to grow that relationship. Now, it doesn't matter which group you're in, but today when we talk about accepting Christ, we're going to talk about how do I keep moving in the zone? How do I grow my relationship with Christ after I've done the deal and I've stepped on first base? Now, once we touch first base, we've got a few choices that we make. The first choice some of us make is we get to first base and we stop. I mean, we just kind of grab on to first base and we just hold on. We don't really feel our relationship with Christ growing or moving. In fact, some of us will come to church and we'll kind of go through some motions and we'll do some religious things, but we never advance, we never move. Sadly, some churches are pretty good at doing this where they turn that inward focus. And some of us even, 
we, we dig a moat around first base and we just, we isolate ourselves and we stay right here. We stay right at this point that we've accepted Christ. It was more like an event. But being a Christ follower is a lot more than just experiencing this event and then years later arriving safely at death. There's a lot more to the story than that. There's another choice some of us make. We get to first base, we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, but then we keep drifting. And pretty soon, we drift out here into the stands. And our relationship with Christ is defined by what we consume. It's almost like we go to a drive-thru every Sunday and say, okay, uh, God, let me have four songs. Let, let, let me have a great message. And uh, don't let it go over 30 minutes because the, the Phillies' first pitch is at 105. And I want to be able to have lunch and then get home. And if you notice, it starts becoming what we consume. And there is so much more in our relationship with Christ to be defined than just this experience on Sunday morning. Now, don't get me wrong. We should gather together. The Bible tells us again and again, don't give up coming together. We should enjoy this. This should be part of our experience. But there is a lot more to our relationship than just this experience on Sunday. And if you notice, right now, when you look on stage, it's empty. There's nobody there guarding first base. There's nobody there on stage. And I want you to hold that thought because we're going to come back to that in a few moments. The next group is group three. Okay, now this is the group that has accepted Christ. This is a choice we make. But the moment they do, they turn and head towards second. They want to chase after this life that Christ has for them. And they realize that they don't want to just experience this event and stop right here. They don't want to drift off into the stands and become consumers, but they know that they've got to go and do something, that there's something more to the story. And that brings us to the big idea for the day. Today, our big idea is move into the zone by getting a lead. Now, when you look at baseball players, and I've coached baseball, my son is a professional ball player. He's played minor league baseball. And the, the skill of getting a lead determines whether or not you're going to get to the next base. They will coach you to take a safe lead. It may only be a couple of steps, two or three steps. But the most aggressive base runners, the ones that are moving into the zone, the ones that are good at moving forward, take an aggressive lead. There is a value to taking a longer lead from first base. Absolutely, the pickoff play may come in, but you can dive back. So understanding the value of this lead is important for you to understand the value of your relationship with Christ and how does it move forward. You may be thinking, to yourself, okay, Lee, I get this baseball analogy and I get this lead, but what does it mean? What kind of lead do I get? Well, it just so happens that in the Bible, Jesus throws out the first pitch to us. If you have your Bibles, you can meet me in Matthew 28, verse 16. In your Bible, it may be called the Great Commission. If you don't have your Bible, you can follow along here with our view of verse up on the screen. 
But for today, what I'd like you to think about it, it's your game plan. It's your personal game plan from Jesus to you. Let's read this together, the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. I'm going to emphasize that again. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is telling us to go and make disciples. He's not telling us to accept him as a savior and then stop. He's not telling us to accept him as our savior and show up on Sunday and consume. He's telling us we need to be intentional. He's telling us we have to go. That requires action. That requires getting out of your comfort zone. When a base runner is learning how to take a bigger lead, when they're not concentrating and they're not intentional, they will go back and just take a two or three step lead. They get drawn back to the base because it's safe, it's comfortable. But what Jesus is telling us here, the game plan he's giving you and he's given me is go and make disciples. We're going to unpack the story of two disciples today that had touched first base and had drifted off into the stands. And what we want to take out of their story is something for our story. What is it that we need to do to get our lead? What is it that we need to do to take that next step to be intentional to go and make disciples? Now, these two disciples, these guys were not casual followers of Christ. And this is the story of two people on the road to Emmaus. It's mentioned in two of the Gospels, Mark and Luke. Mark addresses it this way, and it's fairly quick. It's only two verses for Mark. Mark 16, verse 12 and 13. Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. When you read that story, it's kind of like, okay, what was going on? I really don't connect with that. But in the Gospel of Luke, Luke was a doctor, and I love the way the personalities of the writers of the Gospels come through. Luke was a doctor. Do any of you have friends that are doctors? You know how detailed they can be? You ever read one of those medical reports that says 2,000 words and you don't understand one of them? You know, I mean, I've got friends that are doctors and some of them are here at the church. I probably ought to stop right there. Let me, let me not go any further than that. All right, but these two disciples who are on this road to Emmaus are not casual Christians. They are not CEOs. Do you know what CEO stands for? It's Christmas and Easter only. All right, these guys are in, they are committed. In fact, historians will tell you that Cleopas, one of the person that we're gonna talk about, was actually at Golgotha. He witnessed the crucifixion. And to set it up further for you, this is the weekend. This is the World Series as a Christ follower. Everyone who was following Christ 
The crucifixion has taken place. In fact, that morning, the women had gone to the tomb and had come back and said, it's empty. He's risen. Let's pick up and see what Luke has to say about this. Luke chapter 24, verse 13, on the road to Emmaus. Now that same day, two of them were going to the village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things about that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just was as the woman had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not, did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. Remember in that game plan? Jesus said he's going to stay with us. When he was at the table with, the, with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began, began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen, has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what, that, what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when they broke the bread. If these two can drift into the stands, anyone can drift into the stands. These two followers of Christ were defeated. They were depressed. They were downcast. And they were beat. Until a little dose of Jesus, a little coaching from Jesus, And these two turned around and went back to Jerusalem. They went back and went to go get their lead. See, and and the way God uses us, when you look at this story, I don't know what Cleopas and his buddy, what they went back to in Jerusalem. What was was their go and make disciples moment? I don't know if God gave them one person to minister to, 10 people or 100. And I don't know what that lead is that God has for you. 
but it's a personal plan for you to go and make disciples. How does that live out in your lives? A few moments ago when I walked off that stage and the stage was empty and there wasn't anybody here. Some of us are doing that in our lives. God's put people around us, neighbors, family, friends, people that we're supposed to minister to, people that we're supposed to be the light. Do you realize there's people in your life that the closest they're going to get to Jesus is their interaction with you? Wow. The closest thing to a Bible that they're going to read is your life. And God's going to put you in situations. He's going to have those interactions where it's going to be opportunities for you to get a lead and share with them. There's people in our church that are doing this all over the place. There's a group right now that's in the Dominican Republic. It's from our church, a few people. Not a church-sponsored trip. But they're out there getting a lead. They're not staying in a five-star resort. They're in bunk beds with no air conditioning, with fans, with bugs. And they're being the hands and feet of Jesus to kids on this island that don't have much. There's two men in our church that are getting a lead. They go to Chester and they're rehabbing houses in a neighborhood that is one of the toughest neighborhoods. People from Chester don't even look down the street when they drive by it. But these two men are getting a lead. They're stepping off the bag. They're going in. They're talking with the neighbors. They're giving them a hand up. They're talking about Christ and church and encouraging them to go to church. They're changing lives by how they get a lead. We've got people in our church that are going into inner city in Wilmington working with kids that don't have things to do after school. They're helping put camps in place. They're giving kids a chance. They're they're taking their lead. Every Sunday, we have a lot of volunteers that show up here at Valley Point. They volunteer. Maybe they're here 15 minutes earlier and they greet. Maybe they they come here at 5.30 and help set up. Maybe they take care of the kids back in the back. There are some people here that have such strong relationships with the kids that they have been taking the lead with the family. They've been sharing the light. They've been, they've been ministering to these families. They have barbecues. They have fun times. They know the family. And these are relationships that go on years and years and years. So for some of us, what does that lead look like? How do we do it? What keeps you from getting the lead that God has for you? What keeps you from catching that pitch that Jesus is throwing at you? What is that? Takeaway number one is we need to get over the hurdles. 
there may be some very, very specific hurdles in your life that are keeping you from serving, either inside the church or outside. So what are some of those hurdles? Well, maybe it's because of your past. Maybe you spent so much time getting to first base that you're like, Lee, there's no way Jesus can use me. There's no way that I can take a lead for him. There's no way. You just don't understand my past and all the junk and all the stuff I had to go through. Are you kidding me? Some of the people with the most powerful stories for Christ, the ones that have huge impact, are the people that have some of the most craziest pasts. I mean, I'm talking pasts that were furthest from Jesus. And when they share what Jesus has done in their life and how he's changed their heart and he's changed the way they live their life, there is no more of an authentic story than your story. And it has a huge impact of bringing people to Christ. So if you're in that lane where you've got that hurdle of your past, I encourage you just to get over that and jump over that hurdle and start getting your lead. Start being that base runner that Jesus has in mind. Because the longer you wait, the more people that you miss out on. Maybe your hurdle is time. Maybe you just don't have the time to do it. You know, Sunday mornings, there's a group here that shows up and they greet 15 minutes before the service starts. It doesn't take a lot of time. But for you, maybe you need a little more practice. You need to get a little more confidence about sharing. At Valley Point, we give you opportunity after opportunity to serve. And if you do it, if you begin to serve on the inside of the church, then when, you go, when it's time to share on the outside, it becomes a lot easier. But I would encourage you, if time's your issue, maybe there's a greeting job, maybe there's an usher, usher volunteer position that you can do that will help you once a month, maybe twice a month. And you know, it's crazy. We have a couple of classes. We're going to have a Discover Valley Point class next Sunday. It's where people come in and talk and get to ask some questions, but we also have a membership class. And one of the consistent messages that we keep hearing about is, why did you come back a second time to Valley Point? Well, the person who greeted me at the door was so nice. I just thought this was really a different church. There are people that come to our church every week that have really given up on churches. They haven't given up on God, but they've given up on churches. And because of you being that greeter that shakes their hand and smiles and says, hey, welcome, glad you could join us. There's people that still talk about people at the front door, people that they walked in. Long before they get here to listen to Austin and the band, and the band does a great job. Believe me, when you bring your friends here, this place, they're going to bust it to make it the best experience possible for your friends. But that first impression that we create here as a church isn't with Eric, isn't with Austin. It's with our greeters. And that is a great story. And we want to give you opportunity after opportunity to do that. It's a story about ushers who are seating people that helped me. I had a baby. I had an issue. It's, it's story after story of doing little things. It's taking care of the kids back at VBS. I encourage you just to find a little place where you can serve on Sundays because it's part of that getting a lead. It's not stopping here at first. 
It's not drifting off and just consuming. It's a little place where you get to give back and serve. So whatever those hurdles are, if it's your past, if it's time, if it's just having that confidence and that experience, I just encourage you just to try it out. Find one of these places, maybe one day, maybe you know, one day a month, maybe it's just a few times. But there's opportunity after opportunity for serving. From We've got vacation Bible school coming up. We've got tear down. We've got put up. There are plenty of opportunities. If God's putting, you, putting that on your heart, I encourage you just to continue to pursue that. So we've got to get over the hurdles. That's takeaway number one. Takeaway number two. All right? That's catch the first pitch and embrace the Great Commission. Catch the first pitch and embrace the Great Commission. You know, if today was our last day and tomorrow we're sitting with Jesus and he's kind of doing one of these job review discussions, says, okay, I threw out that pitch to you as far as go and make disciples. How'd you do? It's my prayer that each one of us would have an answer. Maybe it's just one person in your life that you've been able to share and just walk along and carry a burden with. Maybe it's something more. I don't know if God's going to give you a ministry of one person, of ten, of a hundred. I don't know if he's going to inspire you to go to you know, Guatemala or take the next mission trip. We've got a group going to West Virginia this summer that's going to be an incredible trip. But I just encourage you to find that, to seek after that. What does God have for you? What steps specifically does he want you to take? These two guys on the road to Emmaus, you know, I don't know how their story ended up. I can tell that they got back in the game. They got back on the field. They weren't spectators anymore. But I don't know what God did with their life. And I don't know what God's going to do with your life. Maybe you're there today and say, Lee, I can't do this. It just takes every ounce of energy just to get here on Sunday. You just don't know what's going on in my life. All this stuff that's happening, relationships, jobs. You know, you're right. I don't know what pain you're in. I don't know what the hurt is. I don't know what challenges you're living with right now. I don't know what hurdle it is that's keeping you from catching this pitch that Jesus has thrown at you. But I know the God that does. And God's got a plan for your life. And I just want to encourage you just to do whatever it takes to get over that hurdle and embrace this pitch. You know, we've been listening to this song here for three weeks, center field, and there's a line in there that says, put me in, coach, I'm ready to play. It's my prayer that every person walks out of here with that to God. God, put me in, coach. I am ready to play. Show me where it is that you want me to take the lead and grow my relationship with you. Let us pray. Father, we just want to say we love you and we just thank you for all the blessings in our life. 
And Lord, today, as we've just gone through this whole thing about touching first base and accepting you as our Savior, maybe somebody here today realizes that they've been going through some motions and they haven't done that. And Lord, today, maybe their prayer is that they accept you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, I just ask that you answer that prayer and just come into their life. And Lord, for some today, they realize that they've accepted you as their Lord and Savior, but they've stopped. Their relationship hasn't grown. And for them today, Lord, the prayer is, okay, God, I'm trusting you. Put me in, coach. Where is it that you want me to go play? Maybe for others here today, they've realized they touched first pace and they drifted into the stands. And they've become consumers and they're ordering drive-through Christianity. And Lord, maybe today you've stirred something up in their heart that they want to start taking a lead and they want to see how they can go and do things and take a lead for you. And Lord, we ask that you just guide each one of us with those specific steps you want us to take. And Lord, I'm going to just say a special prayer of just thank you for those that serve, for those that take care of our kids, for those that tear down. Just those tireless volunteers that just give time a couple of Sundays a month, some of them every Sunday, every, every week. They come in here and just bust it for you. Lord, I'm just so thankful that you have brought them to this church and that you've given them a heart just to serve you and just to fulfill that great commission by just coming here and being part of this. Father, we ask that you call us each up into the story that you have for us, the plan that you have for us. We want to catch this pitch, Lord. We are so thankful that you give us that plan for our lives. Lord, I just ask that you give each person today here that's hearing my voice that special place that you want them to go get their lead. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9, 15, and 11 a.m.